kind of funny to me when I hear other developers or other sort of tech YouTubers start knocking on WordPress. If I And if I were a selfish person, <laughs> I just wouldn't say anything and sort of keep all this to myself. But one of the things I think that they really miss and the mistake that they make, and the mistake that I don't want you to make, and what I'm going to talk about pretty heavily here in this episode, is that oftentimes we get wrapped up too much in the code and what the tech side of things is and forget about the the business side of things. And you know, I'll just be straight up with you w- with all this. I am primarily, first and foremost, a businessman, not uh, a coder. Coding is sort of secondary to that. And I've sort of talked about this before. But when you look at WordPress from a business perspective, it's not even close. I mean, you can knock on the tech and all that, but the WordPress market is incredibly lucrative and the community is well-developed and the marketplace is well-developed and sophisticated to where people expect to have to pay for good code, good products and services, and they're willing to do that. And there's different products and services that have sort of uh, pioneered the different software as a service and and sort of yearly plans and all the different sort of business models that are are going to be the most lucrative have sort of already done a lot of that. And so again, if you're someone who can can mentally get beyond the code and and the argument of whether or not it's the absolute best code that could have ever be written and actually look at the business side of things, you can make a ton of money with WordPress. And in particular what I want to talk about w- w- here is WordPress plugins. So that's what I'm going to get into in this episode. And specifically, I'm going to not only talk about sort of some of the numbers of the business side of things, but then my experiencing work, my experience working for a company whose primary product, their flagship product is a WordPress plugin. Talk about some of my experiences and what you need to do in order to be successful building and, and trying to make money with WordPress plugins. Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. So as I mentioned, we're going to get into all that in this episode. Of course, before I do that, I do want to encourage you to head on over to store.johnmorrisonline.com and support the show by investing in some of the coding training that's over there. In particular, related to this uh, episode, I just released my WordPress plugin course. Of course, that's why I'm talking about this in the podcast. I'm going to sort of make the rest of this week WordPress week. And, and talk to you about why I think it's a really good idea for you to learn how to build WordPress plugins in general. And then hopefully, you know, you'll take a look at my course and, and see that maybe it'll be something that'll help you to actually learn how to do that. So I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you what, what's going on this week. I'm in the middle of launching a new product. So this is what you do when, when, when that happens. So again, store.johnmorrisonline.com. You can find all my courses there. You can also find the the WordPress plugin course there as well. All right, so with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into this. So first, I want to run quickly through the numbers to show you the 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 how lucrative this market is. And I actually had someone ask me on Quora about this a while back, and so I sort of have all of these. I did all the research and have all of these numbers available. So let's run through this. So the first thing we look at is usage statistics. So According to W3 Techs, WordPress powers over 29.4% of all websites. It powers 60% of all websites running a CMS. That 29.4% is up 
2% from the beginning of 2017, and it's up 16% from 2011. And 94% of sites running WordPress are running the latest major version, which is version 4. So it's a very big market. It's also a growing market, and it's a market where the people who run the software tend to keep things up to date. It's not an outdated sort of market. So the whole idea looking at uh, usage statistics is just to sort of make the point it's a big market. 29.4% of all websites is crazy. Next, we look at the plugin market. So, you know, the, the most popular plugins in the WordPress plugin repository all have 3 million plus active installs. So let me just click over back over here real quick. So if we look at the popular plugins on the WordPress repository, number one on that list is Contact Form 7. It has 5 million plus active installations. And again, that's not downloads. That's active installations. So that site's actively running it right now. Uh, Yoast SEO has 5 million plus. Uh, Akismet Anti-Spam has 5 million plus. Jetpack has 4 million plus. WordPress Importer has 4 million plus. WooCommerce has 3 million plus. I mean, these are all just huge numbers for, for these plugins. So again, uh, it seems fairly obvious. Not only is WordPress huge, but the plugin side of things, because you have plugins and themes, the plugin side of things is huge as well. Now, just quickly looking at the theme, I know it's not exactly what we're talking about here, but looking at the theme market, if you go on Theme Forest, you can see the Avada theme has 395,000 roughly units sold at $60 a unit. So, I mean, what is that? 18 million, over 20 million uh, in total revenue that that one theme has done. 20 million for one theme. So, now we can't say that all of those units were purchased at $60. We don't know that. But even if it's half that, it's $10 million off of one theme. So, again, this goes to the point of not only is the market big, but also people are willing to pay money for these products. X theme is another theme. 173,000 units sold at $45 a unit. And Fold, it's 146,000 units sold at $59 a unit. So there's just millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that are in this market. So huge market. And then people are willing to pay money and pay, you know, $60 uh, a theme, $45. I mean, I know plugins that sell for $200 and up. So people are willing to spend money in this market. If you look at the freelance side of things, just as another indicator, what I do is I filter in a certain way to find the top freelancers, to to find people who've, they they have uh, made in excess of $10,000, they have over a thousand hours billed and they're charging $60 an hour or more. That sort of is the cream of the crop of, of, of freelancers. And then what I do is I do a search for keywords like WordPress, PHP, JavaScript, et cetera, and see how many for each one of those keywords how many freelancers fit those filters. That sort of gives you an indicator of what how lucrative that particular market on Upwork is. So if you look at something like PHP, it has 86 freelancers that fit those filters. JavaScript has 92. Node has 5. React has 16. WordPress has 115. So it actually has more than all the rest of them, more than even just generic language searches. So again, that gives you an indicator of how lucrative this market is. So if you took each one of these things on its own, it may not be completely definitive, but when you add them all up, the the picture sort of becomes pretty clear. This is a huge market. It's a lucrative market. It's a market that people are willing to spend money in. So 
Well, everybody's over there arguing about the tech and WordPress, you know, doesn't do this with its class and it doesn't this, whatever. Me personally, I'm more focused on the business side of things and how I can make money and, and, and generate revenue with it. And WordPress is just, I don't think there's any question. It's one of the most lucrative things that you can get into. So that's sort of my pitch to you as to why you would want to get into this market. Now, the, the next thing I think obvious from that is, okay, you convinced me, but what do I need to do? Like, how do I get into this? What are the steps that I need to take? And so this is sort of drawing from my experience having my main client be uh, a company whose flagship product is a WordPress plugin. And I've worked for them for uh, over eight years now. They've been a client of mine. So uh, I have some experience with with this specifically the WordPress plugin market and what I've seen. So again, we're talking about this from a business perspective of a, approach of how you would actually, we'll talk, we can talk about the code at some point, but first, more important than that is the business. What steps do I take to actually build a plugin that people will want to install and download and that will be popular? That That's sort of the first thing we need to look at. So the first thing you need to do then is pick a hot market. And the one mis- the, the mistake I want you to try to help you avoid is a lot of times people will look at these markets, the ones that, especially the ones I'm going to mention here, and they'll say, well, you know, there's already contact form 7 that has 5 million plus active installs or there's Yoast SEO that has uh 5 million plus active installs. So if I you know, it doesn't make sense for me to build an SEO plugin when there's already this monster plugin and business in that market. Well, the number two SEO plugin in the WordPress repository has 3 million plus active installs. And then you have all these sort of smaller ones that have, let's say, 40,000 active installs, uh, 50,000 active installs, a bunch that have 10,000. These all do much smaller specific things like SEO post contact links has 10,000 active installs. You know, hide SEO bloat, which is an add on for Yoast SEO has 10,000 plus active installs. So there is room in this market for you to, for these markets for you to go in and build something that solves a very specific problem. I mean, what could you do business-wise with 3 million active installs? Maybe you don't have the 5 million, but what could you do with 3 million? Or what could you do with 50,000 or 100,000 or 40,000 or even 10,000? 10, 10,000 people is a lot of people. You know, I, I, I know some people in this space who, you know, their, their customer base, they sell pay, they don't necessarily put them on these, uh, on the repository, but their paid customer base is, you know, 20 to 30,000. And those companies do really, really well. So, Again, you don't, you don't have to be the top dog. So don't, don't just look at a market and say, Oh, there's already somebody huge there. That's not going to work for me. You can still, there's tons of rooms and tons of room in these market and being number two or three or four can still be very profitable. So I, I kind of went through, I would suggest you go to the WordPress repository, look through the popular plugins, sort of spot trends and do some of the research yourself. But. From my experience and and doing a little research for you, I can tell you some of the more popular uh, sort of niches or markets when it comes to WordPress plugins. So one is SEO, of course, that's a, a huge one. 
e-commerce is another one. You know, you have WooCommerce, but you have a bunch of other little plugins that do different things. You could even get into creating add-ons for WordPress for WooCommerce. That's a whole market in and of itself, and you can make good money just doing that. Uh, so e-commerce is another one. Forms is another one. There's all sorts of form plugins. The number one most popular plugin in the WordPress repository is Contact Form 7, which is a forms plugin. So all sorts of different, you know, Gravity Forms is a paid plugin out there that's really popular and does really well. Another one is security. So if you're into that sort of thing, there's a number of security, really popular security plugins out there. And I would say, I haven't listed them all, but these are the ones that I think are sort of towards the top of the list. The last one is performance. And you have a bunch of sort of you have caching plugins, you but you also have things like image optimization or you have CSS and JavaScript minification and all these sorts of different things related to performance. There's a lot of nuance to that that you could get into. But again, the thing to do is is look through those and pick something that's a hot market and something that you know or interested in and want to know and are willing to spend a lot of time learning so that you can create something that that people are going to want that can be popular that really solves a, a a pressing problem for people so that's the first thing pick a hot market the second thing is once you pick that hot market you need to scratch a really annoying itch so a lot of times what people do is when they go into these they see these big plugins like say a yoast seo or all-in-one seo pack and they do all these different things and they think in order to compete i gotta I've got to build a plugin that does all those similar things, but better somehow, etc. And I think that's a mistake when you're first starting out. A lot of these plugins, they started out as something really small. They did something really, really specific, and then they grew from there. And so what you want to do is you want to find something within these markets that these big plugins aren't doing that people really want done for them. So for an example, I talked about performance before. CSS and JavaScript optimization. You know, I haven't really looked into it to know what all the sort of setbacks and and why it might be difficult and so forth. But it's not really all that good. Uh, it, 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 those a lot of those plugins aren't really necessarily solving, at least for me, the problem in the way that I would want to solve it. There's always sort of issues about getting them minified and and optimized properly, and it, it just there's not one that I've found that does a really, really just sort of foolproof, great job of it. Maybe there's a reason why that is. I don't know. But if someone were to go and figure that out and make it foolproof, my guess is that plugin would be very, very popular. I sure as hell would install it. So again, with any market, that's just an example. With any market, there's going to be these sorts of things, these pressing problems that aren't being solved properly by some of the existing solutions. And you can go in and figure that out, find out what that is. And an easy way to do that is start running WordPress yourself, start using it and start, what are the things that you're trying to do that you can't do that are annoying to you? And chances are, there's going to be other people out there that have the same problem, want to do the same thing and aren't finding a, a good solution. And maybe you could be the one to build that solution. But at the end of the day, you need to find a pressing problem and scratch that itch for people. The third thing is to build small and grow. So I sort of alluded to this, but you don't want to start off trying to build this massive plugin and be everything to everybody. A lot of these plugins didn't start that way. Instead, you want to build something small that solves a very specific problem. Be upfront in your marketing that I this plugin solves this problem and that's it. 
and and just make sure you don't get in over your head because you also have to realize on top of you know five million active plus active installations probably sounds great from a business perspective, but you also have to remember you have to you have to maintain and support all of those installs as well. And so if you're just sort of this is you know you're just getting in the WordPress market, you don't have a team or any of that. It's just you. And all of a sudden you built a plugin tomorrow and it had 5 million plus active installs. That'd be great, but you'd have a support nightmare on your hand. And so what you want to do is just, you want to build small, allow yourself to build slow and, and build it in a way that you can maintain it. And then as the plugin sort of grows and starts to gain popularity, then you can build your infrastructure, you know, in terms of a team and support and all that sort of thing out with that. So again, build small and then grow from there. Don't try to make uh, this huge plugin that's just going to be impossible for you to maintain by yourself. That sort of leads into the fourth thing, which is you also want to realize that it's not it's not about the code. Not ultimately. A lot with WordPress and the GPL and the way it's made and that sort of thing, the code is actually going to be open sourced. So technically, someone could go in and look at your code and copy your code and create the exact same plug-in as, as you have or, or, or copy it and model it in certain ways. But w- what you see in the WordPress market is that doesn't happen very often or the people that do that don't really tend to have much success. And the reason why is because the code is the code's obviously necessary, but it's, it's, it's not the only thing. And I would say it's probably not even the most important thing anymore. There are a number of other things that are far more important when it comes to your customer and what they want. So for example, I mentioned support. You could build write the best code in the world, but if you have terrible support, word's gonna get out of, about that and people aren't gonna wanna use your plugin because they know they're not gonna be able to get help when they need it. So support is a big one. Another big one that I don't think people talk about as much is uh, the business model that you choose. So WooThemes, if you're familiar with WooThemes, they're a well-known themes company in, in the WordPress space. Their story is actually a really good example of this. So it was several years back. They kind of out of the blue came out with a a series of blog posts describing a change that they are making with their business model. So I don't remember the exact details, but the basic gist of it was that when they started the company, they had been selling these unlimited themes plans, if if I remember this correctly. And basically, you you paid a one-time lifetime fee for these themes, and then you got every theme that they released from from that point on. And several years into it, they ended up having to change that business model. And I think, if I remember, at least when they first came out, they weren't going to grandfather in people who had bought the un- unlimited pan. Now, you can, you know, we could debate about whether that's ethical or whatever. But the the point is is that the the business model that they had started off with what what was happening is is they were getting they were adding more and more themes to this unlimited package and they were getting more and more people to buy the buy that package but they weren't but it was a one time fee so their overhead in terms of support and maintenance of those themes was growing but the income wasn't growing along with it. And so they were getting to a point where they were going to have to go out of business because they, they just had too many customers that they weren't going to be able to, to pay to support. And so they changed their business model to now be some sort of like annual fee. 
and, and so you you got the unlimited pack, but you had every year you had to pay some some sort of fee in order to maintain it. And you've seen a lot of theme companies with their unlimited packages sort of go that route. So again, you could create a really the code could be amazing. You could create this really you know, this plugin that scratches an itch and does all the things that it's supposed to do. And the, the, again, the code is amazing. But if you have the wrong business model, you can go broke because you didn't have the wrong, right business model. So again, just the idea that it's it's more than just the code. Having the right business model, having good support, uh, marketing it well, and uh, being you know clear about what the plugin does and doesn't do. Building trust. Will the will your product? Will your company be around? for the future and something that they can rely on for years to come. So all those things are as important, if not more important than the code itself, write good code. So I'm not, I'm not saying write crappy code, but understand there's more to it than that. The fifth thing then is sort of an optional piece of all of this, but I think it's something to keep in mind as you're doing this and the way that you're building uh, your, your plugin and ultimately the business around it is and build it as if you're going to sell it. Now, you may one day actually decide you want to sell it. And if you built up, I mean, if you have a, a business like, say, Yoast SEO, for example, 5 million plus active installs, and I happen to know all, they have a lot of stuff in terms of the business side of things to help monetize those 5 million plus active installs. I'm sure it is a business that does really, really well. Well, if you have a business like that, you know, if you decided to sell it, you could probably sell that for quite a bit of money and have enough money to just be able to retire and you can go sit pina coladas in, in the Bahamas and, and so forth. So, so, but the point is, is you want, you want to build it as if you're going to sell it. So you want to think in terms of process, you want the, the way that you name your plugin, all of your branding and so forth in a way that maybe one day that you, you're going to sell it and you're going to, you know, transfer your, your code, your team, all those things to to a new owner. And if you do that, you you make decisions a little bit differently than you would if you you don't really think about that. So uh, again, that those are five things that I think you should keep in mind as you go about doing this, how to actually go and, and build a plugin that can be really popular. Now, I know a lot of that can sound overwhelming. I mean, I've thrown a ton at you, but you don't have to do all, you know you don't have to do all of that right off the bat the biggest thing right off the there, there's two really big things right off the bat one is you know understanding the 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 importance of picking uh, a market and building a plugin that you know is in a something that's popular that's not just not just building something to build it cuz you're you're fascinated with the code behind it but actually thinking of it from a business perspective and what are the hot markets and what's something that I can get into that has a lot of people interested so just sort of understanding that business side of things the second thing then of course i think is probably the obvious which is you need to know how to build these <laughs> wordpress plugins and one of the things that i've found when i've sort of gone through this whole thing of i've spent years writing wordpress plugins and so forth is that a lot of times what you'll find out there, one of the things that I think is is, is uh, unrealistic, I would say, when it comes to WordPress plugins is 
you know, WordPress is something, it's, it's, it's an application that's constantly being built and it's constantly being improved and, and added onto and so forth. And so I've seen courses out there where they try to do this sort of end all be all type thing when it comes to WordPress. And what happens is, and even tutorials on say YouTube and so forth, where they try to, to or even books that have been written, they try to tell you everything you could ever want to know uh, about WordPress. The problem with that is those things are very, very quickly out of date. And so I just think it becomes a little bit unrealistic uh, to position any sort of course or thing like that, uh, like that. So when it comes to the learning side of WordPress, that's sort of why I'm I'm doing the courses the way that I'm doing them. I'm not positioning them as this is an end all be all. Instead, it's I'm going to show you how to build this very specific thing. You're going to learn a ton about building WordPress plugins along the way, but it's not going to be everything because the reality is, is if I tried to show you everything a month from now, there would be a lot of things that changed and you got to update and so forth. So uh, again, you know, I've, I've released my, my plugin course. That's sort of how I've built it is, and I tell you very specifically on, on the page for it. Uh, if you go to johnmorrisonline.com slash WordPress course, then you can you can see the page where I outline what's exactly in it. But I tell you what you're going to learn and also what you're not going to learn. And I think that's important because it's not an end-all, be-all type of course. You're gonna, Like I said, you're going to learn a ton about building uh, WordPress plugins, but we're building a very specific uh, contact form for that. So again, if you want to check that out, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash WordPress course. You can see all the details for that during this launch week. Uh, you can get the course at a reduced price. You can see again all the details are at that 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 URL and see all all of that there. So again, johnmorrisonline.com/slash/wordpress/course. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you liked it, I'd appreciate it if you could share it with someone who could benefit from hearing it. Also, all the past episodes and subscribe links for Android, iTunes, TuneIn. You can find all that at johnmorrisshow.com. And finally, if you'll rate and review the podcast over on iTunes, I'd really appreciate that. Also, I will give you module one of my PHP 101 course for free if you'll leave me an honest review over there. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.